The host is going to love me because I'm here so early and everything will be so neat because I got supplies from Farm and Fleet. Hmm. Show doesn't start for another 30 minutes. That's weird. Do people call all the time? Should I let it go to voicemail? I really should wait for the host. And again, it could be someone with more information about Becky. But what if the host sees me and thinks... No. No, she would tell me not to speak that negative energy into the universe. What do you think, little crystals? I should answer it, right? Don't glow if you think I should answer the phone. Okay, here I go. It appears we have an interesting night ahead. My producer, Chaz, arrived just a scotch before I did. It was 32 minutes ahead of you, host. Chaz noted to me that we have quite a few calls already queued up for this evening's show. He withheld further information, listeners. He felt telling me too much about the calls would undermine my in-the-moment response, which is, of course, what so many of you tune in for. What I actually said was that my natural biases would likely contaminate the message. Which would, in turn, corrupt your response, host. Psych 101. Chaz. Dear Chaz, there was a possible future in which I might have extolled your wisdom. Alas, you kept chazzing. Now that future is past and as distant as Andromeda. But since we appear to have a record number of callers already this evening, I will forego any more preamble. Who's been waiting the longest, Chaz? (laughs) Put them through, please, and do remember I've got my finger on the mute button. The future is now, host. You got it. (sighs) Hello, caller. Please forgive the delay and forgive me once again. My producer has written down your name and location, but I fear I may do them both a great injustice. Interesting choice of words, host. Uh, Pardon? Injustice. Yes, an injustice has been done. And that's the thing about injustices. It still amazes me how infrequently the oppressors are aware of what their oppression truly does. They waltz into a situation they have no business being in, make it their business, and then raise the rent so high it creates a shockwave of destitution that can be felt for light years. I'm sorry, caller. I can tell there is a lot to... And it's special consul Trilbicic from Ibraki Flemeth. Or perhaps the Andromeda Galaxy, as you know it. Oh, My, what an honor, Special Consul, to be speaking with you this evening. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, could you please rewind and bring me and our listeners up to speed on the injustice at hand? Must be nice to be so removed from the anguish my clients are feeling. Your clients? Yes. My clients have filed a class action suit against your program. What? A class action lawsuit, host. It's when a collection of people sue a defendant based on some wrong... I'm aware of the definition of a class action lawsuit, Chaz. Thank you very much. But, uh, Special Consul, you must excuse my ignorance. If there is something this program has done to harm anyone in this world, our celestial commune, uh, then please explain. For millennia now, my clients have been pigeonholed by the short-sighted and inaccurate stories told on your planet. Someone displays a different physical appearance than others in the neighborhood, and they're called an alien. Someone sees an object in the sky they can't explain, and it's attributed to hostile aliens aiming to destroy your planet. Someone disappears, and it's an alien abduction. Uh, uh, I believe my telescope has been calibrated, Special Consul. You are representing a collective of aliens. People, host. They're people. Uh, Apologies. 
you are representing a collective of people who are tired of being misunderstood. Tired enough to risk substantial legal fees. I'm not cheap, host. I'm simply calling to advise you to, how do you say it on your planet, lawyer up? But Special Consul, I would be remiss not to further unpack the ire of your clients. Did you say you're calling from Andromeda? Portland, actually. I'm here on business from Andromeda. Most of my clients in this suit are from Portland. Ah, what a lovely city. I was there in the summer of 09. I do hope you enjoy your stay there. Voodoo Donuts is a must. But getting to the core of your problem, you're saying your clients are upset about the way this program treats them? I'm not sure I understand. This show aims for nothing more or less than to be an oasis of goodwill and generosity in a desert of depression and despair. Oh, I'm sure you'll be most generous, host. Please do enlighten us, Special Consul, to the specifics of your client's concerns with this program. A girl goes missing in a small town, and my clients, your listeners, have to swallow your conclusion. An alien abduction. Think about this, host. Think about what my clients have to say to their children. Think about how those children must feel when they walk down the street, when they enter their school building. Think about how my clients who idolized you previously for your open-mindedness have now had the door of the host slammed in their faces, just as they've had so many other doors slammed. Let me see if I'm hearing you correctly, Special Consul. You've called to tell me I was a candle in the darkness for some alien species who already felt ostracized, and that the candle has now been snuffed out? Your assertion that this Becky was abducted by people like my clients is the frip that shigged the Braffic's blust. Oh dear. Uh, well, this is a truly wretched start to the evening. Um, tell me, what do your clients want? Money, host. What does anybody want? We're suing you for damages in excess of 40 billion U.S. dollars. Wow, that is a lot of money, host. If you need to trim back the raise you were going to give me, I'd understand. I pay you in college credit, Chess. Are you sure? Special Consul, is there anything I can say on the air to assure your clients that I am endlessly repentant for any distress I've caused, however unintentional? Surely an on-air apology could go a long way. Not as far as a retraction. Can I just go back to one thing? Forty billion dollars? Surely you and your clients can see how untenable that amount is. I lived in Volkswagen Vanagons bigger than this operation. How much damage could my words have done? So you won't retract? I'm sorry, Special Consul, but all signs in Becky's case point to alien abduction. I've spoken with experts on the matter and done a fair bit of sleuthing myself. I mean no ill will toward your clients, but to retract my theory would be, frankly, a fabrication. A statement with no skeleton. Integrity is one of my core values, after all. Well, suit yourself, host. You'll want your lawyer to get in contact with me then, post-haste. If you wouldn't mind, Special Consul, I have one more question. All right, then. Could you send along a copy of the certified legal documents that express the allegations, as well as Form XPZ-78 that attests to the veracity of the claims? I'm sure my lawyer will be wanting to see those. Um, yes. Expect those soon. And we're off with the bang tonight, listeners. My heart, of course, goes out to any and all underserved populations in our cosmos. I believe Supreme Consul Trilbakik. I believe there is a group of alien people in Portland and beyond who feel genuinely disparaged by talk of abductions. Perhaps a class action suit, a revolution, is called for. And maybe one of you out there in the listener sphere could reach out to this legal representative with some legal advice. I am empathetic to the cause, but I don't think this program is the target they are truly seeking. Forty billion? I mean, host, that's like, that's probably like most of our merchandising budget this year, huh? A healthy sum. Next caller, please. Chaz, we mustn't keep these good people waiting.
Angela's on the line, host. You can just say that into my ear, Chaz, lest our listeners think I have a (laughs) co-host. Thank you. Good evening, Angela. Thank you for joining us. How can I guide you tonight? Hi. Um, so if you're wondering if your friend was abducted, I can pretty much tell you it was Froggo's. Well, it looks like we know what tonight's theme will be, don't we? <laughs> Listeners, I want to be in tune with your hearts and minds. You and I are the first and second violin chairs in this orchestra of life. Now, just as a hopeful missive, please do call in with any verifiable information on Becky's intergalactic whereabouts. Otherwise, the lines are open to discuss the range of trials and tribulations our symphony can bring. Now, Angela, please excuse the detour. I can't say I'm familiar with froggos as a species. Yeah, I kind of zoned out there for a minute. Um, anyway, I guess if you're being PC, it's frogolians, but that's kind of lame. Uh, uh, that sounds more familiar, but... I'm still a touch foggy on Fregolians. Could you enlighten me? Light what? Uh, just go on, please. Anyway, like, I can say this because I have Frogo friends, but they are, like, wild and kind of nasty, you know? But they're fun to party with, so whatevs. Thank you for sharing your perspective, Angela. Is there Anything else you'd like to discuss? Anything weighing on your mind? (laughs) LOL. (laughs) No. Well, all right. Uh, On to our next call. Chaz, who do we have? At the risk of people thinking you have a co-host host, host, uh, this is Dave in Bakersfield. Greetings, caller Dave. How can I guide you tonight? Just want to echo what the young lady was saying. Definitely Fragos. Most of the unsavory characters I've known in my life have been froggos. Bad apples through and through. My grandfather, he used to have some froggos work for him, and he tried over and over again to help them. They didn't even want to try. Wanted to just fight and be mad, blame everyone else for their problems. I don't believe that any group is entirely comprised of bad people, Dave. Uh, Beings of all species are multifaceted. Oh, and here we go with the woo-woo. That's my limit, folks. That's all she wrote. Baba booey, baba booey. Callers, while I value your opinions, I do remind you, gently and lovingly, that ultimately the goal of this program is to offer support and guidance, not just a chance to opine about other beings. So if we could perhaps stay focused... And Chaz, we have callers on hold. Let's please give them precedence over the likes of the Daves out there. No offense, Dave. Next up, we've got Cindy in Sacramento. Ah, Sacramento, an uncelebrated gem. Cindy, welcome. What's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to say that while I agree with the last two callers that Fragos are definitely capable of kidnapping your friend, I don't think it was them. Chaz! I'm sorry, Cindy. Forgive my staccato. Chaz, did I not just say that we need to give precedence to... I'm sorry, host. I was clicking the next in line button. Honest. (sighs) I never hang up on a caller, Cindy, so please continue. It looks like my producer and I will need to have a polite discussion at the break. Yeah, I don't think it was the Froggos, because Earth is a very disgusting place, and Earthlings are, not to put too fine a point on it, loathsome. So I think it was one of your people. That's all. Goodbye. Oh my. Listeners, again, let's not paint with such a broad brush. If there's anything I would hope you each take away from the show, it's that the universe and its inhabitants are a vast and varied group, full of wonderful contradictions and capable of such surprises. And in some ways, we're different as night and day, but there's so much connective tissue in our universal body. Listeners, tonight, let us endeavor to be as united and integrated as a body itself. Let us all, together, take a deep breath in through our nose, our collective nose, good, and now a deep exhale, purging all bigotry, bias, and distortions. There we go. Chaz, let's take another call. Uh, yeah, um, Stephen in Huntington Beach is on the line, um, ma'am. He says he has been on hold for almost 30 minutes. So that's a good sign, right? Salutations, Steve. Can I offer you insight onto the heart or mind of a loved one? 
help you find your way down a path that seems murky, I'm sure together we can surmount any problem you're facing. Host, hello. I'm a listener of many years, but a first-time caller, and I have to say, I am just delighted that there's some small way in which I can contribute to the program. I am delighted by your delight, Steve. Tell me, what's the contribution you'd like to make tonight? I thought I could provide a bit of scholarly context in this discussion about Fragolians. No. I mean... Please, carry on. See, I'm a bit of an amateur alien anthropologist. Well, more than an amateur, I'm proud to say I have been published in a rather reputable journal. But not officially academic, not connected to an institution per se, just something I do for my own edification, and hopefully... The edification of others, host. Uh-huh. So what exactly is the context you'd like to provide, Steve? Just a bit of history, dear host. You mentioned that you weren't terribly familiar with the Fregolians, so I wanted to explain a bit. The Fregolians, you must understand, they're not quite primitive, not like you dear earthlings, but they're not as advanced as some of their neighboring species. And they came into contact with a much more advanced group. Very capable, very effective people. The Rolfraks. And you see, the Fregolians, they're very prone to violent conflict. So it was not the most pleasant meeting, no. But we must give credit where credit is due. They're not incapable of assimilation into a higher culture, either. I've known some Fragos, uh, uh, Fregolians, who have really quite made something of themselves, but... As I say, they do have those violent tendencies, so it's not outside the realm of possibility that they took your cashier friend. But we must forgive them their trespasses, host. It's innate in them, and they aren't all willing to try and fight against their worst impulses. The urge to take, it just fills them, host. Thank you, Steve, for that bit of anthropological education. Happy to be of service, host. Good evening to you and young Chaz both. Listeners, I must say... Oh, sorry. I hit the button already. Hello? Chaz, who is this? Uh, Sorry, dear caller. I mean, welcome to the host. To whom am I speaking? It's Rex. Hello, Rex. What, uh... I'm a frago. Good goddess, not another. Uh, And I believe it's Fragolian? Excuse me? Frog... never mind. You can call yourself whatever you want. (laughs) What's on your mind, Rex the Fragolian? I just wanted to say, where I come from, we do abduct people. Oh. Do you know if it was a Fregolian who abducted Becky? That's what I wanted to clarify. We may not have qualms about abducting people, but we do have standards. I listened to your show about Becky, and she seems like an all-round, all-right sort of person. She was better than all-right, Rex. She was simple kindness and easy connection, familiarity and mystery, all wrapped into- That's what I'm saying. She seemed pretty okay. So there's no way she was abducted by a Fragolian. Why's that? Fragolians only abduct assholes. Oh. Living conditions for the abductees are pretty bleak, so being selective is the least we can do. I mean, we're not going to stop abducting. Plus, Earth has a lot of assholes. That we do. Thanks for calling in, Rex. I didn't mean any of you listeners, of course. (laughs) Chaz, can we do a commercial? Hi, this is Maureen Williams-McCann of CC Max Ultra Mega Realty Group, Johnson County. Need a new rental home or office space fast? You need more mo in your life. My motto is, mo mo, less problems. Or for you grammar Nazis out there, mo mo, fewer problems. Or for you Nazis out there, mo will not work with you. So give me a call at 555-MOMO. That's 555-6666. Or you can come on down to the office and grab a nice cone of water. We've got blue and white. Cold and frigid. Find me in the yellow pages in the C-section. Hmm, I was a C-section baby. It's all coming together now. <laughs> Look at that. Okay, great talking to you. Bye now. See you soon. Watch a video then, Chaz. Figure it out. What? We're back? Oh, oh uh, sorry, listeners. My producer and I needed to tie up some loose ends. Okay. Uh, Shall we move away from the specious undertones? I believe we've had someone waiting patiently for almost an hour now. (laughs) You're receiving a collect call from an unspecified location. Will you accept the charges? Can I trouble you for any details? 
It's Joe. Ah, of course. Joe. Sorry, that's a bit vague. Anything else? Um... Will you accept the charges? Collect calls can be steep. Are you worth the money, Joe? I mean, that is entirely subjective. I'll accept the charges. I hope it's worth it for you, Joe. Where are you calling from? Tralfamador. Uh, that sounds familiar. Is it in the Czech Republic? No, it's in space. It's a planet? Yes, we gained fame from a novel. Slaughterhouse-Five. Mm-hmm, that's the one. I read that in my junior year of high school. AP English with Miss Jones. May she rest. Mm. And so it goes. So it goes. <laughs> Side note to our listeners, the author Vonnegut described the Tralfamadorians as looking like green, two-foot-tall plungers. False. I'm at least three feet. With eyes on their palms, the ability to see in four dimensions. To see time as non-linear, and so on. They get it. I have to admit, I had no idea that you were real. Real? Can you blame me? <laughs> Your character's within a work of fiction. Mm -hmm. The Second World War was the main focus of the novel. You know, was it that fiction? Fair point. Um, so, Joe the Tralfamadorian, what led you to dial this number? Uh, we called this era after the slaughter. It has, after all, been 50 earthling years since the release of the novel. Congratulations? No, 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 no. You don't understand. The humans we've abducted since have been corrupted with the data it contains. I mean, knowledge of our kind has tampered with the experiment. Thus, collecting earthlings has become pointless. I've learned over the years that if I deem something pointless, it's usually time to abandon it. Uh, did you say collecting? Mm-hmm. Abduction, you know, as a term, is quite, how do you say it, last season? So collecting it is then. But, Joe, you sound as if your standard practices have been less standard. It's horrible. I mean, collecting used to be an art. Now there's been a spike in humans desiring, nay, 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 begging for the opportunity to join us. All because of the novel. You know, it's untenable. I assume they all want to be featured as an exhibit in your zoo? Yes. And meanwhile, zoo prices have become astronomical. They should be. They're in space. Oh, <laughs> uh, is that supposed to be funny? Uh, pardon me, it's been interesting so far this evening. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for you, I can see time in the past, present, and future. At your best, you're pretty funny. Hmm, I wish I had that gift. Never mind. Don't get any ideas. Hmm. I called because I'd like to request that you advise others that we're all full up here. Also, this is not a matchmaking service. If you're trying to be abducted so you could be paired with a mate, join Match.com. Huh? Billy Pilgrim got a movie star, but I assure you, you won't. And anyway, we have a pack with a Scientologist. All right, listeners. You heard Joe. Stop begging to be a collected. Joe the Tralfamadorian, are you crying? You're crying. I assure you I'm not. Uh, is the PSA the only reason you called, or is something else weighing on you? Well, I was lonely. I mean, I'm a zoologist. You know, I study species across the multiverse. I also work at the zoo. Sounds like you've got your hands full. <laughs> Sorry, uh, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, one of my exhibits died this week. And so it goes. I was quite fond of his curiosity. And though I can view him in the past and the fourth dimension, it's, you know, it's not the same. And when I think of the absence of him in the present, wow, it is harmful. We call that grief. It's uncomfortable, painful. It's a great many things. You know, my species has a decided lack of empathy, a limited emotional spectrum. But Greg's expiration affected me. That's a good sign. And that tells me that you loved Greg. No, 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 no. I didn't love him. That's ridiculous. I'm married. Maybe not romantic love, but certainly platonic love. His hair. Oh, his hair carried the scent of cinnamon. His eyes, the sound of trees rustling in the wind. Mm, reconsidering the label of platonic. Mm, we're not supposed to become attached in any way to the subjects of our experiments. Sounds like a conflict of interest. Oh my god, but please, you can't tell a soul. Swear it. Please swear you won't tell anyone. You know this call is live, right? Huh? Oh, flinging, shoving, flagging, bringing, 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 bringing. Yo, what was that? Mm. 
an untranslatable expletive. Let me tell you this, Joe. It's best to be honest with those in your life, to be open about your grief. You must understand that grief is essential. Vonnegut's novel was marinated in irony. You do know that, right? Joe, get off this call immediately! Nancy? I thought you were asleep. This is exactly why we're having problems. If you knew anything about me, you'd know that the host is my favorite radio show. Oh, can you fit in perfect You watch your mouth! I think we're about done here. We are too. I've never been so embarrassed in my life. I should have known never to marry someone who sympathized with the enemy. They're not the enemy, Nancy. I'll give you a 10 second head start, mister. 10, 9, 8. Uh, uh oh, okay. Thank you, host. I am going to embrace my grief and my love and run. 3, 2, 1. You're a dead man. That seemed to be a well-meaning enough marital spat, listeners. I don't envy the work those two have ahead of them. I guess we can all hope the marriage doesn't die. So it goes. Listeners, I must admit that I myself am feeling a touch like Billy Pilgrim this evening. We are fully immersed in the vastness and complexity of the universe. At times like these, we can feel entirely insignificant— not much more than marionettes, actors in our own lives. I encourage us all to remember our breathing exercises and to hold on to the irrefutable fact that each of us matters. Each of us is filled with a divine and mystical purpose. Joe and Nancy, the Fregolians, you, me, Becky. You forgot me, host. Me too. You too, Chaz. Now let's take another caller. <laughs> Perhaps a call that will help us crystallize that understanding. Okay. How about Rick and Earl? A tandem call. We have Rick and Earl from Alien Moe's Diner in Uranus. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. <laughs> What's so funny? We're not from there. <laughs> We're from Cabotracotus. Sorry, listeners. Prank calls will not be tolerated. I am hanging up the call. Chaz, your screening has been frankly abysmal. Wait, wait. We have a real problem. All right, go ahead. But if this is another joke, I'm hanging up immediately. Our listeners need positive energy. My crystals have nearly absorbed their capacity, and the night is still young. Okay, well... People have been saying a lot of really mean stuff about us and, like, leaving bad reviews on Zelp. And, um, well, nobody's coming in now. Yeah, and if people stop coming in, then the owners are going to shut down the diner, and then Rick and I are going to have to look for new serving jobs. And just, like, there's so many actors in this town that it's really hard to find serving jobs. Gamma Draconis has a lot of actors? Yeah, Not just me. us! All right, all right, calm down, gentlemen. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, now maybe we can work together to craft a response to any particularly poor reviews, and that could assuage any customer concerns. Okay, let me pull up Zilp. I'll just start reading, I guess. Alien Most Diner is great. If you like your server to be a kidnapper, all the servers are dressed in white aprons and little hats. The only thing missing is a black ski mask and gloves, because like I said, these servers are kidnappers. Decent food, two stars. Oh, I see. We have to address the... This one says, My sister has been missing for three weeks now. My family is really worried. I think Alien Most Diner had something to do with it. French fries are pretty good here. Three stars. Rick, you're going to have to slow down if you want my help in replying to these. Gosh, relax. There's a really bad one here and I just want to find it. Anyway, this one says, Alien's Most Diner is all right, but if you want some really good food, try going to Uranus, LOL. Okay, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Rick? I pronounce it Uranus. Okay, sorry. Uranus. Mmm, what's this one? I went to Mo's the other night, and I gotta say, try the jalapeno poppers. You won't be disappointed. Also, the server Rick has, like, a nice butt. Oh my gosh, like, what? What does that even mean? I feel like I have to read that again. Okay, Rick. Okay. What? Perhaps we could get back to the more problematic reviews. Fine. How about this one? Went to Moe's the other night, and I got to say, try the jalapeno poppers. Rick! All right! Uranus. I think this is the bad one. First off, let me tell you, I never review restaurants. So that should tell you something about me. 
Anyway, let me start by saying I went here for my boyfriend's birthday. He was turning 92, so he's still young enough to care about birthdays. And so I got to the diner early to set up the cake with candles and make sure it would be a surprise. We ate our dinner, and then the server came out with the cake. I think his name was Rick. And when he brought out the cake, there were only 91 candles. I think he kidnapped one. Burger was all right, but overcooked. One star. <gasps> Chaz, promptly, please. <laughs> Listeners, I truly wish there were an idiomatic expression to capture the experience of removing glasses and rubbing temples. Man, aliens are pretty hung up on this abduction thing. Guess you didn't see that one coming, did you, host? No, Chaz, I did not see that coming. <laughs> okay, uh, let's hear from tonight's sponsors. I know we have several aliens slash people on hold, but I think we can all sense that a break is necessary. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way, from your first cigarette to your last dying day. And that's where we come in. Here at Westside Funeral Services, we've helped so many jets and their families find peace as the mortal coil unwinds. Whether it's a full-service funeral or a simple cremation, Westside's where you'll finally find the peace you're looking for. Use the promo code HOST2GHOST for 20% off any service in the next two weeks. That's HOST, the number two, GHOST. And it's two weeks only, so if you have a jet on ice or someone's last cigarette seems right around the corner, you might want to drop us a line. 555-J-E-T-S. That's 555-5387. We promise you'll stay a jet. Satisfaction only guaranteed to jets. Offer cannot be combined with other offers. If you are suspected of murdering a jet to get the discount, we reserve the right to notify authorities. Morgan's Organ Grinders. Grinding organ meat into usable goods for over 100 years. We grind pancreas. We grind stomach. We grind hearts and lungs. We grind... I forget if skin is an organ, but we grind that too. Some people think that skin is the largest organ, and they might be right. No skin is too large for Morgan's organ grinders. A hundred years is not a short amount of time, and people get good at things when they do them for a long time. Use us because we've been doing it for a long time. Wait, that's not what an organ grinder does, is it? Do they actually grind organs? I thought it had something to do with music or monkeys or maybe both. T.I.L. host. Okay. Chaz, our next caller, please. Hello, Ashley. You're on with the host. Yeah, so I noticed people have been using the A word pretty flippantly on this broadcast. The correct term for beings not of this earth is extraterrestrials. I just thought I should remind your listeners that we live in a post-Roswell era and that using outdated terms like alien and little green men is not only ignorant, it's offensive. It's 2019, people. Wake up. Uh, I thought we agreed to just call them people. The the word extraterrestrial is really long. Like, my best friend is from Mars, and she's not even green. That's just a stereotype. Just like the whole all aliens have tentacles thing. It's bogus. I agree, and I didn't mean anything. And don't get me started on the portrayals of extraterrestrials in the media. They're either giant insects trying to steal our resources, or like fuzzy blue teddy bears with sharp teeth and plucky female sidekicks. The only one who got it right is David Bowie, and that's because he's Martian on his mother's side. And this prejudice against off-world species is even worse in the South. You mean like Georgia? What? No, like Antarctica. I mean, honestly, have you ever seen John Carpenter's The Thing? That guy's a speciesist. And don't get me started on Lovecraft. Extraterrestrials are just like us. In fact, they're probably even more like us than us, considering their kind seeded this planet millions of years ago. I'm not sure that's true. And they can, like, wear our skin as, like, meat suits. But that's only some species. Hashtag not all extraterrestrials. I mean, you got to be open to different cultures. Of course. So what if Martians are cannibals? As long as they're eating each other and not other animals, they're practically vegan. Also, there are many benefits to a cannibalistic diet. It's green. It's cage-free. It's low-carb. Personally, I think we could learn from our Martian brothers and sisters about self-sustainability in an arid climate. Because let's face it, Earth is going to be just like... Like Mars in a billion years. And when the atmosphere evaporates, even Trader Joe's won't be able to save us. And don't even get me started on... Uh, oops, it appears we've been disconnected. Chaz, maybe we can get Ashley back? Uh, then again, maybe that ship has sailed. 
Well, okay. We've gotten a lot of feedback this show, and I always appreciate when our listeners feel comfortable expressing their opinions. I'll say. It's like you were run over by a car, run over by a second, even bigger car, and then a dog peed on you because it thought you were a fire hydrant. As I was saying, if anyone has a question or would like to seek my advice on an issue, perhaps we could steer in that direction for the rest of our show. Ooh, ooh, how about this caller? His name is Benjamin, and he has a British accent. A Brit? (laughs) Oh, poor dear, I imagine he's dealing with those blood-sucking Brexiters. Or what if he's found a ghost in the loo? Or a gremlin in his bangers and mesh? Patch him through. Hello, host. I hope you're having a jolly good evening. Why, thank you, Benjamin. What a night of calls! Yes, I didn't realize so many aliens were so eager to berate me. To be honest, it's a bit of a relief hearing from a fellow Earthling. Why, I'm not an Earthling. I live 500,000 light years from the Earth. But you would not understand my native language, and so I have engaged the translation function on my spaceship. But your name is Benjamin? You think there's no room for coincidences in the universe? That's a crock of baloney. Hey, Benjamin, have you ever watched Downton Abbey? Shh! Tell me why you're calling, Benjamin, and please don't say... It's about the abduction theory. That it's about the abduction theory. Benjamin, uh, I don't know if you've been listening to our past several calls. Blimey, of course I have. Then you know that I already regret the idea I proposed about Becky's disappearance and have been convinced of the error of my ways. You don't have to put it like that, host. Why, thank you. You done fucked up is what? Sometimes I got a mouth dirtier than a sailor's poop deck. Please, let's get this over with. Our species is just concerned that humans don't really understand the universal order of things. We want to correct some common misconceptions, once and for all. Are you sure there's not a deeper issue at play that we could work on together? Thing is, you know the green guys with the big old black eyes and the scaly skin? That's us. But you've got things very, very wrong. Here we are, depicted as the bad guys, when the truth is we give absolutely zero shits about human beings. Okay, I'm hearing that you don't care about humans. That's an understatement. You have to understand the extent to which we don't give a shit about you. The goal you have to think you could be important enough for us to abduct one of your kind. Complete rubbish. I see. You are quite literally the least significant sentient beings in the entire known universe. Wow, that is an extraordinary claim, Benjamin. Uh, how did you even calculate that, pray tell? You don't want to know how many categories were used to determine your worthlessness. You would find it absolutely degrading. Point is, if humans are, say, the maggots of the universe, and that's quite generous right there, then Bucky's are like the maggots that didn't even manage to survive their first hour of life. We don't even get to be the house flies of the universe? Not even the houseflies. Well, while this is difficult to take in, you know what? Somebody has to be the maggots of the universe, and if that's us, then we'll be the best maggots we can be. I'm glad we've come to an understanding. And think of it this way. Nobody really wants maggots. They're bloody disgusting. Which means you're perfectly safe. I suppose we can take solace in that. Well... This is about all the breath I'm willing to waste on you. So, toodaloo now. Fellow humans, remember, our status as the maggots of the universe is only the opinion of one intergalactic species. And maybe if we just recycle more and make healthcare accessible and affordable to all in need and reconcile with the racism, sexism, and homophobia of our past and present, we can work our way up to houseflies. Yay, houseflies. Although, host, recycling's not the answer. Did you hear? They say recycling didn't work. It's not really a thing anymore. You know what is a thing, Chaz? Hot water. This oolong bag has plenty of legs left, and I need all of the soul-regenerating micro-agents I can squeeze from it. Okay. We can do this, listeners. We can and we will, and then we will go home and unwrap the last caramel cluster parfait and enjoy it far more than we should. It looks like our next caller has chosen the moniker Sleepless in Sedona. Sedona, are you there? Uh, yeah, I was calling because I was adopted by aliens a few years back, and uh, since we're sharing all of our experiences, 
I thought I'd put in my two cents, so to speak. Only it's probably more like quarters, because, you know, inflation. You sound familiar, caller. Have you called in before? No. I never forget a set of vocal cords. Have you lent your voice to a navigation app recently? Perhaps an advert? I guess I just have uh, one of those voices. No, that's not it. There is a distinct resonance to your cords. A timber. Timber! Sorry, I couldn't resist. Sedona, I'm going to ask you a question, and I need you to be honest with me. Do I know you? (sighs) Well, host, that depends. If you knew me, would that mean you acknowledged my existence? So, do you know me, host? Do you? Devin? Well, well, she remembers. What are you doing? You know you're not supposed to call me. Au contraire. I believe the exact wording is stay 50 feet away from the studio and all local tea-selling establishments. Wait, I'm confused. Who is this guy? Bet you didn't even know your precious host had a past, huh? Everyone has a past, Devin. We live in four dimensions, time being one of them. Well, I suppose Joe the Tralfamadorian might argue this a bit differently. Still, the question is, why are you invading the present? Ha! <laughs> invading. Alien pun. You were always clever, host. I'm hanging up. Wait, I actually did have a close encounter with someone... Someone I believe to be not of this world. Seriously? I wouldn't lie to you, host. You just did, ten seconds ago. Okay, but, like, I wouldn't lie to you about this. I respect your work, host. I always have. Fine. This evening's program has already trekked so deep into the woods, we might as well build a cabin. Speak your truth, Sedona, or wherever you're calling from. Well, I guess my story isn't that different from other folks. Thing is, this one didn't happen to someone else. It happened to me. It's my story, with no double meaning or nothing. And I'm going to tell you, host. The sooner you do, the sooner we can move on. (laughs) You're right, host. Best not to beat around the bush. It's like my therapist always says, you can cancel your appointment less than 24 hours before, but we're still going to bill your insurance. (laughs) You can't run from your problems, host. And I tried running. I ran a long time, like that guy in that movie, Forrest Gump. When he ran around the country, that was me, only I was running around inside. Well, I should probably set the scene for you, paint a picture for your listeners. I remember it was dark, because it was nighttime. I was driving down this back road, minding my own business, when boom, I saw this light shining through the trees. Didn't make a boom sound. I only say that because it appeared so suddenly. See, I wasn't expecting a light of any kind. Heck, I thought I was past the point in my life where lights in the sky even appear. I made peace with that, but then I saw her, and she was beautiful. Host, I I mean, the light, of course. Not saying that the light can't be a he, I myself assume that most beams are gender fluid given the particle wave duality. That's physics, host. You may be surprised to know that I am a subscriber to many scientific podcasts of late. Everyone listens to Radio Lab Devon. It doesn't make you Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, actually, uh, I prefer This American Life. Um, Ira Glass is just so iconic. His voice is so refreshing. It's like it's carbonated. If we could just stay focused. Anyway, this light, it filled me with warmth. I felt peace, like I would never be alone again. At first, I couldn't understand why had this light chosen me. Who am I to encounter a light on the way to the liquor mart? But before I could answer myself, I was transported. It was like the light had reached into my front seat and taken me by the mitt. And just like that, I was shepherded through a bright corridor, like a groom to his bridal bed. Only in this case, it was more like a steel table. You know, like the ones you see in the kitchen section of Ikea? And you're like, as soon as I get that small business loan approved, I'm going to open my cat bakery. I'm totally going to buy one of these tables. I think we get the picture. I have a question. This bakery you've got going, is the food made from cats or made for the cats? Oh, dear goddess. I can see where you're confused. It's kind of like those shops that sell gourmet food for dogs, only this is for cats. Right on. Steel table? Right. Sorry, host. So anyway, I should probably mention that I'm naked at this point. The light had stripped me of all my inhibitions, including my Levi's. Then this being approached me. It was ageless and smelled of tea leaves and aluminum-free deodorant. Sort of reminded me of you, host. But not that it was you. 
Anyway, so began the most sensual 30 hours of my life. It was a lifetime, host. We just lay there exploring each other's bodies, performing little experiments on each other. A, a pinch, a tickle, a whisker brush. And then, when she had revealed the secrets of the universe, she left, just like that. Before I knew it, I was back in my truck just sitting there, moist, wondering what had happened, how long I had been away. The light in the sky was gone like it had never been there in the first place, and I began to wonder, was it all a dream? Did I really slip the surly bonds of Earth, spend a night in the stars, only to leave before breakfast because some otherworldly beings don't like to cuddle? Oh, Devin. No, no, I get it. Some people connect in different ways. They ignore texts and avoid eye contact in the produce aisle. But that doesn't change what I feel. I had an experience, host. A close encounter of the fourth kind. Which is even more of an encounter than the third kind. Now that encounter may have meant more to me than it did to her, but that didn't make it less of an encounter I checked. It's completely unrelated to the classification. I just wanted you to know, host, that... That night meant something to me. I didn't know you felt that way. It's true. I'll remember it till the day I die, probably even after. I just want you to know. Even if you don't believe me. I believe you, Devin. Oh, God, you do? Yes. <laughs> I believe all stories of close encounters, both literal and, in your case, awkwardly figurative. That means a lot to me, host. Now... Please stop leaving pints of ice cream outside the studio. Desert wildlife is notoriously lactose intolerant, and you're really disrupting the ecosystem. Hear you loud and clear, host. Um, I also hear you loud and clear. Your microphone proximity is excellent, host. Such a pro. Right. Well, thank you, Sedona, for sharing your close encounter. My pleasure. The truth is out there, host. Just like my pants. Just like love. You just gotta look for it. Sometimes it's right under your nose. Please hang up, Devin. You got it, host. You look a little red, host. Can I get you some ice? Who was that guy, anyway? I'm... I'll be fine, Chaz, thank you. Just a ghost from the past. A friendly ghost. Oh, like Casper! Well, at least it was a ghost and not another alien. I mean... No offense to the aliens, or, uh, um, extraterrestrial people. I'm totally cool with them. No more talking tonight, Chaz. You've maxed out. Your card is declined. In fact, uh, be a lamb and play the Celtic Vistas CD, Gentle Backdrop. This is a need, not a want. <sighs> Listeners, engage in a mental exercise with me. One of my therapists from the Topeka days was an avid fisherwoman, she called this exercise the catch and release. Here's how it works. We revisit what has happened to us today and we describe how it makes us feel. The trick to the description is to go with the first thing that comes to mind. We must engage with our feelings. The formula is simple enough. You will catch on. First, a deep breath in through the nose and back out. Now. A collection of extraterrestrials threatened to sue me over my Becky abduction theory, and it made me feel important. Several of you called in to kvetch about Fragolians, and it made me feel discouraged. I attempted to help a Tralfamadorian navigate the struggles of his kind, which I'm sure he saw coming, what with that ability to see time like a stretch of the Rocky Mountains, and it made me feel detached from reality. I tried to allay the restaurant troubles of Rick and Earl and felt helpless. I discussed extraterrestrial cannibalism with Ashley and felt like I could never be hungry again. I was told by Benjamin how insignificant Earthlings truly are in the cosmos, and it made me feel like punching him in whatever visage he happens to have. And finally, listeners, I spoke with an old acquaintance, and it made me feel horn horrible about the way I've been so uh, about the way I've been so half-hearted in my attempts to protect the natural environment from an overabundance of lactose clearly this evening's program was as chaotic as it was informative 
On the one hand, I'm glad to know that our listenership spans the stars. I guess I'll need to look into some off-planet advertising opportunities. (laughs) Take a note, Chaz. I need to look into interstellar tax law to learn about the various brackets and stipulations. Yet on the other hand, listeners, I feel more unsure about Becky and about my own life than ever before, even considering the Volkswagen days. Beleaguered as I feel tonight, I believe we can end with this. Tonight has taught us that, like so many things, the universe is a bell curve. Some of you out there are struggling mightily to eke out an existence. Others of you are staring down at us from the intergalactic Mount Olympus. And then there are Earthlings, like me, who appear to be somewhere snugly, even claustrophobically, in the middle. Good night, dear listeners. A parfait awaits. This episode of The Host was led by Mitch Carver. It was written by Mitch Carver, Lucy Boone, April Brassard, David John Seltzer, Kim Baranti, and Michelle Myers. It was performed by Matt Rowan, Kay Cameron Lau, Kim Baranti, David John Seltzer, Amy Carver, Jamie Ferguson, Rachel Ewing, Hannah Martin, Sanjay Nambiar, Victoria Reynoso, Lizzie Gordon, Tony Werner, and Sarah Kenny. It was produced and edited by Amy Carver. Music is by Steve Metz, created by Amy Carver. Thanks for listening. Until next time, good night. Hmm. I wonder why someone's still on hold. The show ended almost an hour ago. I guess I better... Hello? Hello. Yes, finally. Where is she? Who? The host? Sorry. She's not here right now. Can I take a message? Not here? You're saying I waited on hold all this time for nothing? Yep. Guess so. Sorry about that. Can I ask who's calling? Wait, is this Rick and Earl again? Are you guys doing a prank call? No, this is Fox. Your program tonight was fascinating. Tell the host I need her phone records. Or give me an address and I'll stop by. Oh, sorry. We don't have an address. We're in the desert. What about an email address? A fax number? That's a double no. Sorry, Fox. Cool name, though. Reminds me of TV. Well, bye now. Wait, no. (laughs) 